BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. What is it? Today is Wednesday, May 24, 2023. First day of the city council under Mayor Brandon Johnson. Uh, by the time you hear this interview I'm about to do with my distinguished guest who's waiting, uh, you have heard me talk at length <laughs> about the first uh, meeting of the Chicago City Council. I know I'll be talking about it all week. Uh, this little, I always like to start a show, as you know, with a little bit that's in the news. This time I'm going to start with an email I just received. I just got this before I came on. This one just cracks me up, ladies and gentlemen. This just shows the world we live in, where everyone's a badass, but not quite a badass, all right? Uh, so everybody in the world, from both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, send me emails trying to shake me down for contributions. I get MAGA contributions. I talk about this all the time. and I don't know what, how I got on the list, but MAGA is always trying to get. So I kind of stay on the list. Like, uh, you know, a little bit when my uh, baby, it's usually a baby boomer don't tell me this. Uh, like, like, I don't know this. You know, Ben, you can uh, cut yourself off from that email. There's a way of discontinuing. Oh, thank you, baby boomer. <laughs> baby boomers with their helpful tips. But boomers, I like getting them because that's how I know what MAGA's up to. Okay, I, I, they send me their emails so I know what they're up to. And then liberal groups send me emails, which is kind of funny because MAGA at least gets my name right. The liberal groups, for some reason, call me Peggy. I'm not quite sure why they call me Peggy. <laughs> that just shows you why liberal groups are in such trouble. They think I'm Peggy. I don't even know any Peggy's. I'm like, oh, stop calling me Peggy. <laughs> Whatever. Peggy, I know you're distressed by the polls showing Biden at 34%. Send money, Peggy. Anyway, right before I went on air, I got this email from the Women's March. I'm not quite sure what the Women's March is as an organization. Uh, I get frequent fundraising emails from them. I, my guess is they began uh, in 2017 or right around thereabouts, uh, the huge women's march that poured people poured out into the streets to protest uh, the inauguration of Donald John Trump. Remember that? Uh, so here we are. Let me do the quick math in my mind. Six and a half years later. Uh, 
Uh, I'm still getting uh, emails from them. And uh, so <laughs> I'm sorry, Women's March. I, I, I'm with you in solidarity and spirit and everything else, but come on. So uh, the, the headline for the Women's March was F asterisk CK Ron DeSantis. You know, and I'm a little slow. I'm not as smart as my distinguished guest. So I'm like, F asterisk CK, what's the missing letter? I'm like, hmm, <laughs> fact. <laughs> Come on, Women's March. If you want to say fuck Ron DeSantis, just say it. Don't hold back. There's no, it's no way someone's going to get mad. It's the problem with liberals right here. Right there is everything. In the, if you want to throw down with Ron DeSantis, throw down with him. If you want to fire up your people, if people just like this, the, the sight of the DeSantis name. And I listen, the man is revolting. The man is a fraud. The man says he's standing up for First Amendment free expression rights while he's snatching books out of classrooms in Florida. While he's taking Amanda Gorman's poem out of Florida. Amanda Gorman, uh, just look it up, baby boomers, if you don't know who Amanda Gorman is. Anyway, this is a revolting human being. So if you want to say fuck Ron DeSantis, say it. Don't hold back. <laughs> Asterisk. It's like, I'm really mad I'm going to punch you, but right before the punch lands, I'm going to hold it. Can you imagine Mike Tyson going to the ring? Mike fight Tyson versus James Buster Douglas. Mike Tyson says, Buster, I'm going to come close to punching you, and then I'm going to pull back. He Well, he did lose that fight. But he wouldn't have won many fights, ladies and gentlemen, if you had that attitude. And then later on, here we go. Here's my favorite part. Not it's all my favorite part. I took a picture of this distinguished guest. Uh, here we go. I just took this picture. In the letter, it says, uh, Ron DeSantis, gender for our country, would devastate our rights, our freedoms, our future, uh, and our and our democracy. We must keep him out of the White House at all costs. That's why we're launching our 2024 F CK off fund. <laughs> if it's so important to keep him out of the White House and you're launching the fuck off fund, say fuck off. I could say stuff like that because it's a podcast, but you could put it out there too. I wonder if there's some kind of like rule that they're applying. That, that applies to them, you know, where you, you can't spell it out. Anyway, I think even baby boomer donors to uh, good liberal causes know what the asterisk in F asterisk CK stands for. Well, maybe some are confused. Uh, anyway, without uh, further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest who's been patiently listening to me to introduce himself. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. What can I say, uh, Ben? Big fan of the Ben Jarovsky show. That's who I am. My name is Jay Rehack. I've known you for about 5,000 years. Big fan. Always been a fan since I met you many, many years ago. I was a school teacher for 36 years. I was pretty involved in the Chicago Teachers Union for a number of years. We, we connected through um, mutual friends who were trying to uh, help the system not destroy itself and do did everything we could back in the day to you know convince the the, the the powers that be in Chicago to quit being moronic we did the best we could do and uh so that's who I am anyway I'm a retired school teacher right now I was on the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund for 9 years I was actually the president of the fund for 7 years I actually was a 
executive director for just a little while while one of our full-time executive director had a serious illness. So I actually got a chance to spend a few months running the pension fund, but mostly I was the president of the board of trustees of the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund. One thing I want to say, Ben, maybe this is helpful, is, is that the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund is the second oldest public pension fund in the country, and it was founded by uh, folks like Jane Adams. As a consequence, we are one of only a very few pensions in the country that is actually run by its members. Almost every other pension in the country is even public pensions is run really by the governor. So, for example, California has quite a bit more money than Chicago Teachers Pension Fund, but they have 13 trustees. Seven of them are appointed by the governor. So the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund has 12 trustees. Six of them are, are voted on by teachers. As a consequence, our $12 billion now is actually controlled by teachers rather than the Board of Education, which only has two representatives on the fund. One of the only uh, funds in the country to be like that. So it's an interesting dynamic because it allows the teachers to have a lot more power than they do anywhere else in the country, actually. All right. And that uh, uh, is why I invited Jay on the show. Although Jay's got to get the gaps. The Lord knows where the conversation is going to go. I'm just going to give a little uh, uh, backdrop uh, to this interview. So, folks, I'm going to let you in on uh, how things happen on the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, Jay Rehack, uh, yes, I want to talk pensions with Jay. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, uh, but Jay has his own podcast. Uh, and he called me up and asked me to be a guest in the podcast on his podcast. And I said, I'd be happy to be a, a guest in your, uh, podcast, Jay Rehack. But I want to tell you something. I may not be from Chicago, but I lived there since 1981. And here's how we do things in the city of Chicago, Jay Rehack. If someone asks you for something, you don't give it to him. You ask for something back. So we cut a deal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he agreed to come on my podcast if I would agree to come. And you know what the secret is, ladies and gentlemen? If he had said, no, Ben, I'm not coming on your podcast, softy that I am, I still would have gone on his podcast. I probably should admit that because now I'll probably leave this podcast. In the middle of Thank you. It was a great Jay, interview. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, great interview. Ben us. I got a bus to catch. Uh all right, Jay. Oh, my goodness. I remember when they put you on uh, the I couldn't believe it. I like knew somebody on a pension board. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> like, wow. All right. Um, wow. Where do we start with pensions? <laughs> pensions, Jay, are two things in the state of Illinois. One, they're the means by which thousands and thousands of former government employees exist and two they're a political weapon with which <laughs> the corporate powers that be always try to win elections I, I mean for as long as i can remember jerry hack there's been some republican running for office bemoaning the pension system in illinois we're paying these people too much money your hard work your hard tax dollars are going to these do-gooders, these do-nothings. Uh, and then a lot of the do-gooders, the guys in the pension turn around and vote for people like Rauner and Darren Bailey, which I'll never understand that vote. Uh, fraternal order police retirees. Uh, anyway, all right. Um, so why don't you, we'll start with some basics. Why have pensions at all? Why don't you, like, you're, you're, you're a teacher, a retired teacher, 
uh, but it's also police, firefighters, streets and sanitation workers. Uh, the list goes on and on. Why don't all of you just go on Social Security? Go ahead. Well, you know what? It's a, the thing about pensions, which people need to understand, is the beautiful part about pensions is it's like watering your own garden. What I mean by that is, is that the money that we give to our retirees, and I'm talking about the cops, by the way, and the teachers and the municipal workers that you're talking about, all of those folks, when they get a pension, where do you think they're spending that money? They're essentially spending it, essentially spending it in this city, essentially. About 83% of the folks who get pensions stay in this city. And so you're watering your own garden. So you got goofballs like uh, Ken Griffin from Citadel, who, who makes a lot of money on pensions, by the way, sitting there saying, well, we should cut pensions out, et cetera. That's the last thing that we should do, because what happens with teachers and cops and everybody else is, is that they take that money and they pay their bills with them, and it actually reinvests in the city. So why do we do it? It's, it's a good investment in the end. They actually have done studies on this and it turns out that the money that I, you know, spend, cause I, I have a pension and, but it helps me survive basically. And as a consequence of that, I, uh, I pay most of what I spend. Most of what I spend is in Chicago. Most of it. I mean, I do go on vacation, et cetera, but people come in as well. The other thing is I want you to understand about pensions is that the teachers and the cops, et cetera, they don't pay into social security. And Social Security uh, is a program that the government has that people who are in Social Security pay 6.85% of their salary, and the employer pays the same amount. It's a matching fund. Over the, over the course of time, that money hopefully grows and allows people to receive a Social Security check. Teachers, uh, in our instance, we pay 9% of our salary. And now, of course, and it's, we'll get into it maybe because the Board of Education uh, took over the pension system, the, the Chicago pension, their obligations in 1995 and then didn't fund it for 10 years. Now the Chicago uh, Board of Education and ultimately the Chicago taxpayers are paying significantly more than 9%, more like 20% uh, to, to catch up on all of this, uh, all of the late payments, et cetera, and the non-payments, et cetera. But that, that's down the road. But anyway, it's a beautiful system that works if everybody does their job, everybody pays their bills. And uh, unfortunately, if they don't, it becomes a problem. But that's, I think everybody in, who understands capitalism 101 knows that if you pay your bills, you're in a lot better position than if you don't. So that's, right. that's the uh, rough, rough answer. explain that. Uh, we're going to take a little uh, deep dive into pensions here, uh, just so make uh, uh, make sure everybody understands what you said. Uh, teachers pay nine percent of their salary every year uh, into a pension. So, in other words, let's say a teacher, let's keep it easy, made a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm now going to display great mathematical prowess. They pay nine thousand dollars a year to the pension. Am I correct? Yes, that's exactly right. And the basic idea. Uh, ben, is, is that we pay 9% of our salary into the fund. Uh, it comes out of the check directly, actually. Um, we, we never see it, you know, uh, you know, uh, in our checks, there's a sheet, but it's not like we get the money and then we hand it back to them. That's it. So it's 9%. And, and it's 
been that way since the 1980s, uh, and it would have been a beautiful system. There's a thing in pensions, just so you understand. Let's just say we have 25,000 teachers, for example. There's a thing called normal cost. The normal cost is what a pension supplement, what the city of Chicago has to pay to match the 25,000 teachers, what they contribute. And if they do that every year, then they have no problems. So the normal costs should be about $200 million a year for the city to pay. The teachers putting in about $200 million, the city paying in $200 million, and that will cover the cost of the pensions. My, you know, if I live long enough, I'll get a pension until I die, et cetera. And it'll work. The problem is if you don't pay your normal costs, then your obligation goes up. And so the Board of Education back in 1995 took 10 years off. You may remember this guy, Paul Vallis. You know, you know the name at all. But he he took over this. He and, the, uh, and Mayor Daley back in the day took over their pension obligation from the state of Illinois. And what they did at the time, the pension, Chicago Teachers Pension was 104% funded, which means if everybody retired, they'd still have enough money to pay everything. And the state of Illinois had a law that said, technically, the city of Chicago doesn't have to pay anything into the fund, technically, until it drops below 80%. And so the Board of Education, in their genius, decided that they would skip payments for 10 years. Unfortunately, it really drained the system to a point now that the Board of Education is on the hook. The teachers are still paying $200 million. They've never stopped paying their $200 million. Uh, every year through their checks. But the Board of Education now has to pay almost a billion dollars because of all the back money that they owe. Because it's not just what you what you didn't put in, but it's also what the money the money that wasn't made. People who know anything about investing know that it's not just about if I if I give you two thousand dollars now, it's not the same as two thousand dollars twenty years ago. You know, does that make sense? I mean, you know, if they'd have given the $200 million 20 years ago as they were supposed to, 25 years ago, that money would be worth a lot more today. It's just the way money works. And if you don't pay it, it's very, very hard to pay it back because you have to pay it back with, with interest. And the interest is significant because the because the the pension fund assumes about a 7% growth. So, you know, you can... It, it, it's a little complicated, but basically the $200 million obligation that the board had now is about $972 million at the last count, maybe slightly more. So that's next why you're year. saying that every year a public school teacher puts in approximately 9%, puts in 9% and uh, the taxpayers or CPS uh, puts in 20%. And they're putting to 20% in uh, to cover the obligation that they have as a result of not putting the money in in that 10 year window. When uh, Vallis, Chico, don't forget him, uh, Gary Chico, uh, who he would try to be mayor twice, I want to say, uh, and uh, Baby Daly, that's Richard Daly, uh, Richard M. Daly, as opposed to Richard J. Daly, uh, had the pension holiday. And, yeah, uh, geniuses, so they- economic geniuses, these guys. The guy who was ran on, on the idea that he was a, a brilliant economist or accountant. And Anybody who's got anything, knows anything about money knows that you cannot not pay bills for 10 years and then expect, well, I'll just pay it later. It's not how it works. Okay. It bugs uh, the heck yeah. out of me that, that the man ran on some sort of 
you know, he was a brilliant accountant. Is you know, yeah, he and no, Chico? What bugs the heck out of me is that forty-eight uh, percent <laughs> uh, of Chicago bought into that. That bugs me more. It bugs me more than him saying uh, he's a genius. What bugs me is that forty-eight percent of Chicago said, "Oh, he said he's a genius. It must be so." <laughs> I'm a Chicagoan, and I live on the lakefront. Um, all right, uh, stab at lakefront liberals. Uh, who voted for Paul Vallis. Uh, in defense of Paul Vallis' words, I thought would never come out of my mouth, uh, that he was not the CEO of CPS for the entire 10 years. Yes, the man sir. who was in charge for that full 10 years, of course, was Mayor Daley, uh, who yes. would still be getting elected mayor of the city of Chicago if he uh, hadn't said, uh, can't take another minute of this job and quit. But I have no doubt that the geniuses uh, of Chicago would still be voting him in as their mayor. Uh, I know, he loves the city, Ben. He um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves the city. How many times I hear that, Jay? Uh, so they took 10 years off. I'll never forget this. And they spent the money they should have been spending in the pensions on just all their obligations, and including educational obligations. And they spent 10 years patting themselves on the back for, what, what, for being fiduciary geniuses. And they would tell me, Jay, they would tell me, because I was writing a story in a comment, Ben, look at that playground. They never had a playground like that when Harold Washington, your beloved Harold Washington, was mayor. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, you're paying for it with the pension money that you're not kicking into the pay. Ben, only you care about that. No one cares about that. Uh, ben, it, ben, it's even worse than that because in 1995, these geniuses decided that it, the charter schools were great ideas. And what happened with charter schools, I got to tell you, is that the, the pension laws are designed to say that if you're a certified teacher, which means you have a license, then you're in the pension system. But the, the charter laws that went into effect said only 50 percent, half of the teachers in a charter school had to be certified. So the other half didn't have to be. They could just be people with degrees or whatever, whatever the people walking off the street. But those people were not being the pension fund. And the way pensions work is is that it's all like Social Security, be truthful, is is that you want to have as many people in the fund as possible because the young, the new teachers sort of fund the old guys, if you will. And if you start reducing your your overall pool of uh, contributors and the old guys live long enough, then it becomes a problem. So that's why, and, and this is what irritated me about Vallis as well, is he said during the campaign, well, I had no idea that there wouldn't be that many teachers, that there would be a decline in this and that. And it's like, yes, you did. You, you're the guy, the genius who put it, started it in the, you know, implemented it from the beginning. They started chipping away at the at the conventional charter or public schools from the get-go. They basically undermined the, the pension fund by not putting into it, but also by... Um, making sure that there were fewer uh, people contributing to that fund. And so it was a double whammy. And it, I do lay it at the feet of Mayor Daley because you're right, sir. He really, it was only uh, 1996 to 1995 to 2001 that Vallis was destroying schools. And then after that, there was uh, another four or five years of other folks not paying into the pensions and doing everything. But you're right, patting themselves on the back. I think the playgrounds weren't so bad from my point of view. It was more building charter schools or, or basically uh, destroying schools and, and uh, funding these charter schools. And by the way, and this is a little bit complicated, but they everybody wanted the charter schools to get 100% of the money that the regular schools got. 
And there are guys like me saying, wait a minute, they're not, they're only paying half into the pension fund. Their, their salaries, besides being lower, they actually don't have as large of a pension obligation as regular schools do. So they should never have been getting anywhere near 100% because, again, they didn't have to budget for half of their teachers in a, in a pension. They basically said, you guys are on your own. Good luck. And, uh, and still we're getting all these, this money that was like, well, we get the same amount as a regular school. Well, no, you shouldn't. You, you, you're not contributing into the pension fund as much. Your salaries are lower. That's your business. But don't, don't tell me that you have the same obligations because you don't. Yeah. No, this is part of the mass delusion. This is just one aspect of the mass delusion of the daily years. Uh, and I could go on and on about this, Jay. You know, But the city of Chicago decided when Harold Washington died uh, that it would never, ever, ever allow uh, another independent-minded black man to run this city again. We're going to turn things over, in this case, to Richard M. Daly, and they would do absolutely everything they could to make sure that the voters felt as though we were living uh, in this wonderland that was overseen by a benevolent, tough, but basically good-hearted, wise man. And that's the line they were fed us. And when I say they, I'm talking you, Tribune. I'm talking you, Sun-Times. And even WBZ back in the day, my beloved B... This is the line you fed us throughout the 90s and into the O's. Uh, and meanwhile, he's not paid his pensions. Jay, let's just repeat this one more time. This is really important. If you take nothing else from this, folks, in the 1990s and the O's, Mayor Daley and his flunkies at the Board of Ed, one, stop paying every year into the pension fund. And then two, reduce the number of teachers who were in the uh, paying into the pension fund by closing real schools where it had certified union teachers and opening up quasi schools where they, hey, uh, hey, guy on the street, you want to be a teacher? Come on in. <laughs> well, sure, you know, you can't read. That's okay. We'll let you be a teacher anyway. Fake schools charter schools. Am I right? There you go. And you wonder why there's a liability right now. now Absolutely. Now and I just want to add to that my brothers and sisters who are uh, cops and everything, that, that, that when they look at their pensions, they're going to see it's even worse. That It's worse funded than the Chicago, the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund because these geniuses decided that pensions were something that were supposed to be paid down the road. Let's not worry about that. So those the, the the cops who listen to you, and I'm sure there are many who do on your show, those guys, they got to sit there and go, hey, that was that genius daily who's underfunded me, too. And, you know, I, right now, no one's no one's paid the price yet, except it, the city does. The taxpayers do. In 2019, actually, they passed the Illinois legislature passed a law that charges a little bit extra on real your real estate taxes to try to, only in the city of Chicago, to try to get some of that money that the city owes back into the pension funds. So you're paying more real estate taxes thanks to Paul Vallis and those geniuses and, and the Mayor Daley, who everybody thinks was the greatest guy in the world. What what year was that that the state passed that law? Did you say? I just want to, I just didn't hear that. What year? Did you yeah, say it, was tw that? it was 2019. 
the the pensions are so such bad shape they put in a quarter of a one percent increase the state legislature allowed the city to do this so your real estate taxes have gone up i mean they've gone up for other reasons as well that's just one little uh it's it's just like a surtax if you will on your on your real estate tax so there's a lot of other reasons that your real estate taxes have gone up, but I'm saying that was like a little surtax that this, the state allowed the city to do. It was very helpful to the pension funds to be blunt because the city's, you know, uh, you know, poor Brandon Johnson, he's got $29 billion to deal with, you know, and that's his budget approximately. And almost a billion of it goes just to a uh, back payment for uh, teachers because the predecessors didn't do their jobs. They weren't, you know, it was, it was Rod Blagojevich as governor back in the day doing these genius ideas too, you know, letting people slide. So, you know, people say when I was on the campaign trail for Brandon, uh, people would say, well, it wasn't just Paul Vallis who was screwing up. It was, you know, Rod Blagojevich and the other guys. And I said, yeah, I don't have a, I don't, I, I'm not saying that, that those men and some of the other, the governors back then weren't, weren't also uh, participating in this thing. And I, you know, blame Daly as well. But oh, anyway. I, uh, I'll, I'll go one step further. I mean, why just limit yourself to Paul Vallis, Daly, and Blago? The entire political structure in this town, corporate, civic, editorial leaders of this town were dedicated to the promotion and preservation of Daly as mayor and essentially dedicated... Uh, to uh, twisting what he was doing into a public good. Now, when it came to pensions, <laughs> this is very kind of diabolical because a lot of these big shots, Jay, went along with this notion uh, that the, the city was being uh, wisely and astutely managed by fiduciaries. They went along with that notion. They were only too happy uh, to see pension funds have a crisis because that would make it that much easier to kill them. And now we see some of the same people who supported Daly all those years leading the charge against a quote-unquote fair tax. And don't get me started about voters on the Northwest and the Southwest side who voted against the fair tax even though they rely on the, st on the state for bailing out their pensions. I, Jay, don't get me started on that. But do you follow what I'm saying? I mean, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm just going to say uh, Sam Zell died recently. And Sam Zell's the genius who bankrupted the Port Tribune uh, folks with from their pensions. So the Tribune employees should know better than to write the stupid stuff they write. They know that their employer uh, is basically anti uh, pension, anti-union, everything else, you know? So, uh, it's, it, well, it, it's right. astounds uh, me. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll, I'm going to really do everything I can to avoid a discussion about the cult of capitalism. We're just going to move on. Uh, and, uh, our country does have a cult of capitalism where they love, like the richer you are, the more they love you. Uh, so, okay, uh, let's just limit our conversation to the teacher's pension. I'm going to do everything I can to resist a conversation about the firefighters, the police, the municipal employees, et cetera, and so forth. Oh, that could be separate shows. I'll bring you back for those. Uh, so 
Going forward, you mentioned that uh, Brandon Johnson is now the mayor. Brandon Johnson, of course, longtime organizer for the Chicago Teachers Union, a former teacher himself, very much a supporter of teachers uh, and teachers' rights, et cetera, and so forth. Now he's, now he's Mayor Johnson. He has to pay bills. Uh, he's going to have a lot of pressing initiatives throughout the summer, youth employment, uh, dealing with crime, et cetera, and so forth. And he's, but he's got to pay that pension obligation. Uh, and he's, it's going to be really hard, as any mayor would find it, to resist that temptation to kick that can down the road, as you said. Dad, we'll just skip this year making a contribution uh, and use that money to get us through this summer, et cetera, and so forth. What would your advice be uh, to Brandon Johnson on this front? Well, that's a great question, Ben, but let me just circle back briefly is, is that Remember the genius Rahm Emanuel when he was running the city? He, he, that genius came to me personally and asked if we could get like a pension holiday or, you know, maybe pay a little less this year, et cetera. And what it is is it wouldn't, wouldn't be up to the pension fund anyway. It's up to the Illinois state legislature. But he was basically asking us, the pension fund, to be neutral on whether or not he could go into the legislature and say, can, can we get a, a, a break, you know, a pension holiday, this and that. And we said, no, you know, you, you know, we can't stop you. And by the way, people often say, you know, why didn't you do this or that as a pension fund? This pension fund is obligated to be neutral relative to what the Illinois legislature does. We can always only advise them that it's a bad idea to give pension holidays and they've done pension holidays where they basically, they take the obligation and they cut it in, excuse me, they cut it in half or something else. So I think Brandon Johnson's got a very tough job ahead. His, his obligation, just so you know, will come in June the 30th. And when I was a uh, pension board president, we would hold our breath until the Illinois legislature, uh, you know, hit the gavel and said the session was over because up until, session is over and they're still in session i believe i don't think they've closed they can pass a law that says the city of chicago can get a break you know it can pay less this year pension holiday now they i don't see them doing that i don't think he, he should do that i don't think he will do that but the illinois legislature is the only one who can give the city of chicago relief otherwise they must pay that bill on june the 30th it's a big bill I I am uh, not uh, an advisor to uh, Brandon Johnson. I know him, but I'm not his advisor. Uh, if he's asking me, I'm going to say pay the bill, find a way to pay the bill, because you don't pay the bill, it only makes things worse. Now, with all that said, that type of leadership causes people like the Tribune, et cetera, to say he's a big you know tax and spend guy or this or that. Paying your bills doesn't make you tax and you know and spend. It means you're paying your bills. And these are all old debts that they're on the hook for. And you're right. The old goofball rounder, his whole plan was to just bankrupt the system, which if he did that, it would be calamitous because uh, if, really, honestly, you can't do that. You really rip off just a lot of people and you probably have revolution in the streets, but you'd also have a lot of um, money guys taking a, taking a uh, haircut too. So, so I'm gonna. I would just say to Brandon, find a way to pay it, and bring people together and find a way to uh, fund it better. That's all. That that June 30th uh, 
deadline for paying the obligation that you're talking about the teachers' pensions obligation. Uh, you're not talking about the other municipal pensions, Am I right? Correct? Right. I, I can only speak to the Chicago teachers' pension, but it's 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 in the law. They they could always pay it earlier, but every year it's they pay it on the last day. The last day is June 30th. That's the end of the fiscal year. It's the last day of the fiscal year. It's not the first day. It's the last day. So they wait until June 30th to pay it. And I, when I was the president of the fund, I would get phone calls asking, can we please, you know, uh, not pay it? You know, can we, can we, can we delay it? And I'd be like, no, you can't. I, you can't. I'm not going to be your friend and do it. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. I, I couldn't anyway, but the only thing I could do is, you know, call down to the legislature. I mean, I wouldn't do it, as I said, but, and say the teacher's pension fund will, you know, lay down on this one, you know, if, but we wouldn't do that. I mean, that's not our job. Our job is to get, collect the money because it's owed and to hold these men and women in leadership accountable for the debts that they have. But I just want to reiterate that if it weren't for these goofballs 25 years ago, you know, there would be no dire circumstance. You'd be paying $200 million a year, which is actually not that much money. It sounds like a lot, but it's not, you know. Uh, and uh, how much money uh, will they have to pay on uh, this June 30th? Do you know? I don't. I'm, I'm actually a little bit out of the loop, but it's 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 just short of a billion, I think. I think wow. I thought it was like 972, but I, but please don't quote me. I shouldn't have even given you a number. You can That's call right. the pension fund and ask them what the number is. They you have they have actuarials that actually do this numbering, and unfortunately, because the uh, stock market hasn't been doing as well as it you know it has, it it changes as a consequence. What they do is they they map out. What would it take to pay this stuff out and get fully funded? Actually, they do it actuarially where they say, we'll give you 45 years to straighten out your problem. That sounds crazy, but that's what they say. You got a problem. You're underfunded. We're at less than 50% right now. Um, so I don't have a hard number because, like I said, it, it depends where the stock market's going, how how, how well they did in their investments. And um and then the actuaries work the numbers out. I know how many teachers are left, who's alive, who's dead. You know what I mean? That type yeah. of deal. Well, let's just say for sake of it, and don't, don't quote me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just throwing a number out there, right? So everybody calm down. Uh, let's say it's $700 million, okay? Let's just say it's $700 million. Uh, that's a lot more than $200 million. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Great moments in math. That's $500 million more. Than, and that could be a conservative estimate, $700 million. Uh, so that's how much kicking a can down the road cost us. Uh, and um, uh, you mentioned this in, uh, that Mayor Rom called. I just want to follow up on that. He Did he call you himself directly? Did he call Jay Rehack or he called your office? Well, he called me directly. He actually called me at Whitney Young. I was a school teacher. You may remember, Ben, I was at Whitney Young High School. So just so you know, president of the pension board, is actually a school teacher. I was a school teacher. I would do it. The pension stuff would be after school, <laughs> et cetera. And he called me one day and said, can we, you know, work something out, Jay? You know, this is a big, you know, heavy lift for the city. And, you know, and, and I said, uh, you know, I, well, what I said to him was I was being polite. You know, I just said, it's really not up to me, uh, Mr. Mayor. It's the legislature. Well, yeah, we know, but, you know, because we have lobbyists, they have lobbyists, we have lobbyists, you know, uh, advocating, you know, can you, can you go soft on it? Can you just, basically, it's, it's, a, it's a soft, uh, uh, what do they call it? It, it, it? 
it's a soft no rather than a hard no. Yeah. You know, Got it. and mm-hmm. so you know your your lobbyist or your person down there goes, well, we really don't want to. You know what? You know, they, and, they, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And uh, just as an aside, because I think you'd appreciate this, Ben. I talked to the mayor at the time. He, I was at the Clinton Global Initiative many years ago, and, and he showed up. And he says to me, he says, I heard you didn't do so well last year on the pension fund. I said, I made thirteen percent. And this guy, who is about half my size, he takes, he, he pulls his, he, he punches me as hard as he can in the, in the shoulder. And he says, I was just fucking with you, Jay. And my shoulder's hurting and he's got two guards there. And I'm at the Clinton yeah. Global Initiative. Clinton's right next, you know, not next to me, but he's 25 feet away. We're having, I just wanted to punch him so hard. I owe Mayor Rahm Emanuel a punch. If I ever punch him, I'm just going to say, now we're even. Now, I'm probably not going to do that because then I go to jail and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you'll go but to I'm, jail. Yeah. But he actually punched me as hard as he could, which pissed me off. Anyway, that's yeah. a side story. No, the Chicago loves electing uh, jerks as their mayor. They did yes, it. Yes, yes. They did it. Chicago, you uh, from 1989 to 2019, I'm going to leave Lori Lightfoot out of this for the moment. That's who you elected. Freaking jerks. So, yeah, no, I've heard uh, you're not the first person that told me that. By the way, when you told him no, that you wouldn't uh, look the other way or that you, would, you wouldn't join his lobbying effort to get for the, the pension holiday uh, back in what year was that, 2013 or so? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I can't remember the exact year. He, he, he just hung up the phone. He wasn't, he didn't, you know, he hung I didn't up the send phone, that. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't say, oh, he well, didn't thank you. Okay, he yeah. didn't say, thank you, Jay. Uh, Best wishes to the wife and kids. He just hung up the phone on you, right? <laughs> no, that was it. It's just hung. Yeah. What a mayor no. you elected. <laughs> what a warm and fuzzy guy. By the way, I, just, I, I, I have to repeat this. I'll say this so many times in this show. Mayor Ron was in the news again. Uh, the Sun Times wrote this puff piece about. Uh, I don't know. Mayor Rom claims that he uh, oversaw the uh, money going in to create some kind of. Um, uh, a, a new program at the University of Chicago. He's patting himself on the back all the way from Japan, made sure the bright one got it. They made sure they gave him plenty of space to promote himself. Meanwhile, at the same time, I'm making this up, people. I read the Chicago sometimes. One of the great investigative pieces of the last couple of weeks or so, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times joined forces with BEZ to do a deep dive on ROMs, uh, closing 50 schools and what a fraud that was as a program and how that has impacted the system and it hasn't had any of the benefits that Rom promised it would have. And so they reached out to Mayor Rom to get his thoughts on the closing of the schools. They couldn't find him. <laughs> Suddenly the phone didn't work. I can't get any. I can't hear you. But when it came to promoting himself for this cockamamie deal at the University of Chicago, that won't help anybody, okay? Sorry, University of Chicago. Nobody's buying it that this is a great thing for the city. <laughs> when it came to that, suddenly Rom was there. Uh, do you need any quotes? Any extra quotes from me? I hope he didn't punch uh, the reporter or the editor in the arm uh, with that. That's that's your mayor, uh, Chicago. So, uh, okay. That's where we stand right now. Uh, do you see um, you see any signs of hope that Chicago will eventually pay up so much money uh, that'll uh, eliminate that um, that debt, and uh, we can drop back to more rational expenditures like we had uh, before daily 
well, took charge? You know what? I, I do have to tell you that um, we, there is hope, and the hope, un, uh, unfortunately, just to understand pensions, is that back in 2010, Mike Madigan and his folks changed the pension system in Chicago to teachers. Now that the new teachers, the, the, the people who were, who were hired in 2011, et cetera, they're in a very bad pension system. I mean, it's called tier two. And yeah. so the reason that that's, it's bad in the sense that these poor people have to work a lot longer and they also are capped at how much they're going to make in terms of their pensions. Um, and the, 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 the problem it's, it's, I'm just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm twisted up here because of the fact that my brothers and sisters who got hired after 2010 and 11 are going to get a bad pension, but it does mean that the old guys like me who get a very fair pension, as far as I'm concerned, will have less to worry about if we can survive. If the pension system can survive, it'll start slowing down a little bit in 2029. The, the, the debt, the, the, the obligation theoretically will start slowly going down. Because what happens is you have a preponderant number of new teachers. I say new, but they've been around since 2010. And what happens is the old guys die off, as you know. And so the actuarial say, well, if you can survive to 2029, wow. it's still not, it's still a heavy lift. I'm not saying that, but it's not going to keep going up infinitely. That if you know if you understand the the concept. I that, exactly. Yeah. So, so in the end, my poor brothers and sisters who are teachers now are down the road going to be funding me, or, well, my, you know, retirees, et cetera, because there's a lot less, uh, there are a lot less veterans out, out there now, you know, I mean, it's yeah. every day there's more retirees who, you know, die here, you know, and uh, you get replaced by young people. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. They're paying into the uh, the program right now, which enables the program to pay out uh, to people like you. Uh, and eventually when they retire, the youngsters, relative youngsters, in quotes, uh, they will receive lower benefits than you will. Uh, and so the payout, the annual payout that the pension fund is obligated to make will be lower. Uh, and it, hence, uh, the amount of money that the city of Chicago, the taxpayers have to kick in will also be lower if we can make it to the year 2029. There was a song uh, years and years ago when you were just a lad in junior high in the year 20, I think it was 24, 24. Anyway, neither here, neither there. Uh, absolutely horrific uh, oversight. And here's the interesting thing, Jay, we're really running out of time. This could be another show. Many of the great financial fiduciary minds of the world have made a fortune off the stock market. Uh, are people who try to buy influence with the pension funds so that they can be the overseers of their investment. <laughs> so they will, they, this is how capitalism is just so filled with contradictions. They will elect or spend their money to elect people like Rauner, people like Darren Bailey, people, uh, right-wingers from across the board who will cut pensions or make sure they never get a, created at all all right uh and then they'll turn around and try to woo pension funds to allowing them to be the overseer so they can make money off of investing the pension fund i would submit to you that any school teacher at whitney young or kelvin park or south shore with a little help from i don't know a financial advisor could do just as well could do just as well 
as Kenny G or any other of these fiduciary geniuses. But no, pension funds allow themselves to be bamboozled, Jay Rehack, by these slicksters. They come in and tell them, hey, I know how to make money. They're like all mini Bernie Madoffs. Hey, just trust me, okay? I'll make you a fortune. That's how I view it. Do you disagree or agree? I agree with you a thousand percent. One of the things that I, it would be another show, but the basic idea of pensions, they, the, the people who have money call pensions dumb money. They call pensions dumb money because what it means is we have this access to this large amount of capital. Now, you imagine if you're a, you're a private equity guy, where are you going to go and get 50 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars? It's hard to go find enough, you know, billionaires with that. So you, the real money for these private equity guys, if it's not, you know, the billionaires, it's pension funds. And what happens, and this is for another time, but when bad things happen, what you're going to find and what I found when I got there was when bad things happen, it seems like the pensions are holding all the bad money and the, and the banks are holding all the good money. In other words, when Lehman Brothers went down in 2008, I came into the pension fund in 2009. I discovered that we had lost, the pension fund had lost $175 million. And it was because there's this thing called, it's a complicated thing, but it's called securities lending. And basically you overnight, you, you loan your stocks to a company. They pay a very, very small percent, but it's worth a little bit. It's like 1%, but you're not really doing anything. And it works beautifully. You, you, the pension fund was making seventeen million dollars a year, a few, you know, which is not a lot of money, but it was in interest. Over. But then, when it crashed, when Lehman Brothers went down, it turns out all of the securities lending that they had borrowed this money from happened to all be from pension funds. And you're like, wait a minute, what about the banks? Didn't they have any obligation? No, no, it was all pension money. So the the Chicago Teachers Pension Fund led the fight to uh, uh, recover as much of that as we could. We wound up suing our fiduciary bank, our, our, our custodial bank, which was uh, Northern Trust at the time, and uh, you know, recovering some of that money because you said, wait a minute, that's your job is to make sure we don't get ripped off. But we, you'll see when the crashes come, you'll see who takes the big hits. It'll be the dumb money, which is the pension funds. But by the way, by law, we are not allowed to have just cash money laying around. By law, the money that the pension fund gets must be invested. Now, it doesn't. they don't say what it has to be invested in, so there is an argument, like you're saying, Ben, just throw it into an index fund and forget about it, you know, which I think makes a lot of sense in many ways. But the private equity guys come in and say, no, no, we're going to make you a lot of money. We're going to make you a lot of money. And sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. I mean, I, I wound up, when I first got there, I wound up suing, you know, the mayor's uh, nephew because they ripped us off. You know, you may remember that story. Oh, yeah, uh, I don't want yeah. to mention Not names, but. Mayor Daly. That mayor. That, that mayor, mayor right. Mayor since. Yeah, just so we, our listeners know which mayor you're talking about. Go ahead. Right, yeah. and then we lost, and we lost uh, at the time $25 million on bad investments. And they're like, we're sorry about that, guys. And you're like, sorry about that. You guys invested in, uh, We, I mean, you know, like. Stuff that I could see was no good. And then and then when we sued them, they had a, a contract that said, if you sue us, we, you have to pay for our lawyers. And then the lawyers were on the other end where they're charging $750 an hour. I'm trying to get recover money from these guys. And they're saying, fine, sue us, sue us, sue us. 
because they were <laughs> we were paying for their attorney's fees. Wait, I'm out. To, You're telling me I did not know this. Are you telling me that they had language uh, in the contract they signed with the pension fund uh, requiring you to pay their legal fees if their bad financial advice led to losses that you had to sue to recover? That's essentially so what all happened. The incentive right? then, I, you know, don't you know? That's exactly right. And it bugged the heck out of me. I said, "What kind of a contract is this? You know, why am I covering their legal expenses for their? You know, I mean, you have to prove fraud versus just somebody saying, well, I just, I just invested in stupid things.' You know, well, but it, well, yeah, it was, it, if you if you ultimately prove, let's let's just do a hypothetical. If you ultimately prove fraud, if you ultimately prove that's a Bernie Madoff deal, okay. Do you still have to pay the legal expenses? You know, when I asked the lawyers at the time, and they, you know, they give you the lawyer's answer, which is we're not sure. You know, well, it depends. <laughs> you know, so they, and you're like, <laughs> you know, and you're like driving you crazy. But it's like, what kind of a contract was this? But uh, yeah, it, it really does come down to, like I said, the pension funds are just these large amounts of money that are, to a certain extent, um, prey to the the men and women who are, you know, uh, really, uh, yeah, what can I say? They're, they're good at hustling their wear. You sit there and go, how can these guys afford to do what they do? Well, they're making it on uh, largely on pension money, not only, but that's where a lot of the money comes from. And, uh, that's, that's the problem, but but it's, it's what makes the ecosystem work to an extent. So guys like rounder, they actually, I think that they want to uh, make the system as bad as it can without actually killing it. Because I think that it's sort of like drug addicts in a sense of like, you don't want to, if you're a dealer, you don't really want to kill the addicts. You just want to soak them as bad as you can. You want to, you know, keep them, keep them as uh, desperate as possible. So the, the other thing that I, the last thing I'll say is that people have to realize that in capitalism, if there's debt, if you own the debt, it's good. If you have it, it's bad. So when you sit there and have all this debt, the city of Chicago is borrowing money like crazy. Who's making money on that? There are people who are making money. It's not just all a loss. Yes, the taxpayers are paying those bills, but somebody's on the other side of it making money. And people have to understand that when you hear these debts, it's like, oh, the debt, the debt. It's like somebody's making a big profit on that. And, um, and so that's, you know, that's absolutely that's my that little is, speech uh, on capitalism. That's words to live by, ladies and gentlemen. We'll close down. Uh, we should do a, a monthly uh, a, a segment. Jay Rehack explains capitalism, <laughs> <laughs> how it really works. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, capitalism. Uh, all right. We're going to close uh, with a little uh, self-promotion. Uh, Jay, I mentioned that they t- uh, the top of the show has his own podcast. So why don't you tell folks about your podcast? If they uh, has has really ha- folks, it has nothing to do with pensions and capitalism. It does. Thank and, you so uh, much for giving me the minute on this. Really important. Yeah. It's a show called "Tell Me What Happened." Tell me what happened features one person. Tell I ask them one question. Tell me one story from your childhood, and tell me how it's impacted you as an adult. And I've done three seasons of it, Ben. So we've got 60 episodes. They're all good. But the big news is, is that season four is going to be opening. In, it'll be September for season four, but it's going to be Ben Jarovsky is my opening. 
person. He's going to tell us one childhood experience that's impacted who he is. I don't know if it's something that happened to him when he was in Baltimore or where, whatever. I don't know what the what it was. I want it to be significant. I told him I don't want to hear about his being happy in Disney World or something. I want it to be something. <laughs> okay. uh, painful is better. People like to hear pain. But what is it that's made you who you are today? And there, there have been really, really great guests telling me very, very sad stories, powerful stories. Um, so it's called Tell Me What Happened. I'd love you to subscribe. Um, you're, if you subscribe, then you're going to get Ben Jarovsky when, he, when it drops. <laughs> He's the first yeah. guy we're interviewing in season four. It's very exciting. Tell me what happened. And uh, the second guest will be Bruce Rotter explaining how he once uh, took $1 worth of Kool-Aid uh, and sold it for $20. Yes, that'll be the, the uh, second <laughs> guest. And, 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 and Jay, that's what I realized how great capitalism is. Uh, so anyway, yes, I have to. I have many candidates. Uh, I told Jay this the other day when we were talking about this. I have many uh, candidates in mind of things. I didn't realize that had to be something sad. Now I'm like, oh my god, something sad, and like, I, 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 I was, I wasn't gonna go in that direction, but uh, uh, well, Ben, your fans want to want to hear your misery. They don't want to hear how happy you are. Nobody wants to hear how happy you are. Oh, Trust Lord. me, we're happy. You're happy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. If you're happy, and you know what, clap your hands. All right, very good, Jay Rehack. Thank you very much. Uh, and I think we will make this a regular feature because it was delightful talking to you, and you really know your stuff. So get ready for the call. And I, and I really do. You should know this. I bug people. All right. Those calls come and you're like, God, he's calling me again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can expect it's going to happen. All right, Jay. Yeah. Honored to have be on your show, Ben. Really, it's, it's a highlight. It's one of those bucket list things I never thought I'd get to. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. That is the great Jay Rehack. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. 